0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome again to Church in the Valley. Uh, We are really glad that you're here uh, to worship with us. Uh, Today, we're actually kicking off a new message series. And you may have noticed we didn't have like an epic trailer to start this series. And that's because box office wisdom is is over. And now you get to hear me. And it's not quite the same as a Hollywood trailer. But nonetheless, we're going to launch this series. Of the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about authority and how it actually matters to know uh, what it is and how to relate to it rightly, how to lead, how to follow, and really what's God's view on it. Uh, Authority is one of those things that no matter where you are in life, you're either someone in authority or you're someone under authority and there's really nowhere where you're neither. Uh, You're always going to be someone in or someone under authority. And so we actually want to dig into the Bible uh, today and like Every week at Church in the Valley, we really want to know what God's thoughts are on certain issues. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be dealing with this issue of authority. And uh, if you're like me, authority is like a totally packed word that has multiple reactions and meanings depending on your experience, depending on where you are uh, in life. Uh, I had kind of a snapshot of just how it can change very quickly from one moment your view of authority to another. When I was a sophomore in college, I uh, decided, you know, I'm free, I'm independent, and it's, it's time to get a little crazy. And um, most of the time in my life, I've been like the instigator friend where I would have a crazy idea, but I would tell my friend to do it. And that way, I wasn't the one that got in trouble. But in this one instance, I thought I'm in college. You only live once. Anytime you say you only live once, stop doing whatever you're about to do anyways, my friend went on a mission trip to Mexico and like any mission trip to Mexico, you come home with fireworks that are probably illegal. And uh, we had firecrackers and we thought like, Hey, why don't we throw firecrackers down the stairwell of the dorms? Cause like that'd be a really good idea. And uh, we thought, you know, we're just free to kind of, Be crazy and let's see what happens. And we didn't have a care in the world. We surely weren't thinking of the authority structures over us. We weren't thinking about what it means to be a leader because we weren't at the time. We thought it's time to to just see what happens. And threw the firecracker down, me and my friend. And at the moment it exploded, it just resonated up the stairwell and the fire alarm went off. And at that moment, I thought, "Uh uh-oh. Didn't encounter that. And like any student who went to a private Christian school, I ran and acted like I didn't do anything wrong, okay? And at that time, the fire alarm went off, and the, the person in charge of the whole dorms brought everyone together and said, who did it? You're all going to stay here until I find out who did it. And at that moment, me and my friend were just like scooting back, terrified, and we didn't say anything. At that moment, I thought, okay, this authority. He, he, he's mad. He's upset. This may not end well, but as long as you keep your mouth shut, I'll keep my mouth shut. And so, later in the day he came to me, long story short, and this leader of the whole dorms came to me and said, Alex, you seem like someone responsible. I really ask that you could help me try to find out who did this. <laughs> and I just, I guess I had a look. <laughs> he said, You didn't do it, did you, Alex? It was me. It was me, and I I had to do community service. I was cleaning the stairwell down the very place I threw the firecracker, and I learned my lesson. Well, fast forward a semester later, the person that I was just free throwing firecrackers, I actually became an RA of the dorm that I had exploded fireworks in. And I don't know what God was doing, but I had the worst wing that I was the RA of in the history, I think, of wings. I had guys that they would steal stuff out of my room and then lock me out of my room. You guys laugh. That's not funny, okay? Uh, I had guys that, you know, at one o'clock at night, they thought that's when you party and that's when you talk to your mother in Russia, in Russian, outside my door. So there are all sorts of things happening and I realized at that moment that my view of authority when I wasn't in authority, was one thing. And my view of authority when I was in authority was w- another thing altogether. And in both instances, what I realized is my view really determined a lot of the decisions I made. And I went from kind of just rebellious to now being somebody that had a rebellion I was trying to lead. And in that moment, I realized, like, this, this thing is, is actually important to life. This thing impacts people. This thing is not just an idea and it's not just an opinion we all have. What do we think about bosses? What do we think about leaders? What do we think when we are a leader? What do we think when we are a boss? But it actually is something that it impacts our life. And people throughout history have, have had all these different views of authority. And depending on where they are, they say one thing. There's a couple uh, quotes I have. Uh, this, this is fun. This is a Keith Richards. I think it's up there. If you're going to kick authority in the teeth, you might as well. Use both feet. What I found is I was looking for quotes. If you want to find guys that have an interesting view of authority, go into rock and roll. Punk rock, specifically. It's called punk rock because the idea is you stick it to the man. So all the views are crazy, like, we're here to rebel. And Keith Richards kind of has that sentiment. Now, Albert Einstein had a different view. He says, to punish me for my contempt for authority, fate made me an authority myself. Now, that was a similar experience to me. That wasn't fate. I think God was in control. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But no matter our view, the most important thing in this series we're going to be talking about is how your view of authority impacts your future. It's not something that's stale. It's not something that's static. It's an active thing that this view of authority actually impacts your life. Because your view right now determines decisions you make and those decisions impact your future. So it's very important that we nail down what our view is and does that align with actually God's view of authority? He's the one that's created it. And so how how does that match up? And so not only does our view of authority impact our future, but for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how adopting God's view of authority ensures the best future. So there's our view and then there's God's view. And like anything in life, as we adopt God's view of things, it actually allows us to plant the right kind of seeds that will grow up in years. And this issue of authority is something that, based on our view and based on our actions and based on our opinions and based on how we relate to it, lead out of it, or follow under it, we're planting seeds. And they're either seeds that will grow healthy fruit or they're seeds that will grow re- weeds or, or rotten fruit. And so our view is so crucial and even more important is adopting God's view. So before we can adopt God's view, we want to kind of spend some time today talking about what God's view is of authority. And so I'm going to just spend a little bit of kind of digging into the scriptures, looking at a few passages that kind of describe how authority works and and what God has done. And so it kind of begs the question, why should I take authority seriously? Why should I take it seriously? And before we answer that, the idea is, well, what is your current view? And so I would like you to just take a brief moment, maybe 15 seconds. When I started this message and I came up and I said authority, what was the thought that you had? The idea of thinking about leaders over you, or thinking about being a leader—this whole issue of authority—what's kind of a thought you have? I want, I want you just to think about that really briefly, and I think that will help us for the rest of our time. Okay, you got it. I don't even know if that was 15 seconds, but that felt like an eternity. Say something, somebody. Okay, so now you have your view and the reactions you have. And let's kind of dig in the scriptures and find out what what God's view of. First is, when you dig into the Bible, you find that God is the ruler of all things. And so when we think of authority, it's not like authority is over here by itself and God is separate from it. He's actually ruler of all. That includes authority. So there's no aspect of authority that, that he's not over. This idea of over is really an issue of he's in control. God will always be in control. There's never a time when based on who the authority is, God's not in control. There's never a time when God's absent minded or God missed it or God wasn't sure what was going on. He is always there. He's the ruler of all things. And there's a passage in the Old Testament that describes this. And it's actually a description by King David. And he really wanted to build A temple for God. And God decided that that he wasn't going to be the person that was going to do it. It was actually going to be his son. And dealing with the mixed emotions of not being able to build this temple that he really wanted to do for God, he really wanted to honor him in this. He makes a statement, which is him kind of settling. Okay, God, you're in control. You are ruler of all. And this is what he says in First Chronicles. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Saying, okay, God, you're everything. I, I don't understand everything, but, but you do. He says, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. So you're the umbrella in which everything falls under. And in verse 12, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So there's this idea that God isn't, he's not small, confined to a certain area that's called the God stuff. It's a certain box that he fits in. Because he's God, he's not limited to a box or an idea or an area. He's over everything. In fact, wealth and honor and power come from him. It flows from his hand. And him being ruler of all means that, again, he is in control. And that means a few things. First is, God has put things in order. Part of why authority exists is because order is actually something that is good. And without authority, order can't really be realized, can't really exist there's a passage uh, in the New Testament that's describing how a worship service should look. But in that, there's a statement that kind of gives God's heart on things. And in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. And so you get this idea of with order, with structure, there is peace. Order and structure bring peace. And that peace allows us to focus on what's really important. When there's a lack of peace, you can't make the right progress. And there's this idea of authority has been put here and God is in charge and God is ruler because this idea of He wants peace for His people. Have you ever been in a place where there is is disorder? Where there's crazy things happening and you don't know what to do? Recently, our family had just a unique experience in Walmart. If you've ever been to Walmart, you're always just like one step from a unique experience, it seems. And our kids, we're, we're shopping for the 4th of July and our whole family's together and we're on an aisle. And the next aisle over, a, a fight breaks out. And it's between like two guys against one guy. These are grown men fighting in Walmart. And there's no one around. And at that moment I thought, uh-oh, this is a real fight. This is a fight right now happening in our midst in Walmart. And at the time I thought, well, I've got to do something. And then one guy looked at me, had the crazy eye, and I thought, uh-oh. What am I doing? And I thought, well, I've got to do something. Why? Because it's craziness. There was this, lack, this disorder everywhere. Things are falling off the shelves and my wife and her wisdom took our kids away and she's down another aisle. And in that moment, there was no one that really knew what to do, except we've got to get these guys to stop trying to beat each other up. In that moment, I realized there was this uneasiness that went over this whole area where no one knew what to do. And there wasn't really any security. There weren't workers. And it was just, it was crazy. And it was really a description of a lack of peace. And there was a guy there that he was so flustered. And he's telling these guys, and this guy's just a small little guy near these guys fighting. He's like, really guys? In front of the kids? Come on, really grow up. And I'm I'm th- that's exactly what I'm thinking. But he's just saying it right there. Really, guys, come on, stop, knock it off. And we're just trying to kind of put order, we're trying to place authority, but we're not the authority of those guys. And at that moment they, they didn't have any. They were just doing what made sense in that moment and it caused all sorts of chaos. The reason authority is important is for those instances, not just in fights, but in all sorts of areas of life, when there's not a structure, when there's not leadership, and there's not direction, things, they, they spin out of control. They get crazy. And so God uses authority to keep a lid, to keep a structure, to keep a flow to the path of peace. because this, this is what pleases him. With order, we can find peace. And when we can find peace, we can actually move towards the goals God set for us in life. The other thing that comes from this idea of God being the ruler of all is that He he chooses leaders. Check out this passage in Romans 13. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. I don't know if you've ever heard that verse, but that's packed with a lot of meaning and perspective. There's this idea of God wasn't asleep at the wheel. He knows all the leaders. And this idea of submitting is based on because God's in control. This idea of you should submit to your leaders, to the authorities, it's, it's to bring yourself under control. It's to put yourself under. It's to recognize their place. And this idea of God has established in the original language in the Scriptures, the idea of establishes is He's arranged. He's appointed in an orderly manner. Now, you may think to yourself, based on certain leaders that you've had in your life, there's no way that can be true. Right? How could that be true? My fifth grade teacher was nuts! Or how could that be true? My boss it's so self-centered. How can that be true? When we look at what's happening, and we just can run scenarios and scenarios and scenarios. But there's this idea of, again, God, God's in control. And we don't know why some leaders are there and others aren't. But we know that there's not a moment in which God stops being God and is ruling over all. So he, he, he's involved in this. And so when we adopt his view of this, we recognize that he's in control and we recognize that actually he works through the leaders over us and he works through us as we lead. We can actually grow as we trust God to come through in things that, that we don't understand. When we're in situations which we wish we weren't in, whether that's being a boss or being under a boss, the idea that God's in control gives us the hope that we need. That should bring a comfort, even in the midst of the hardship. The other thing that it means for God to be the ruler is that He works through earthly authority to accomplish His purposes. Now, God can work around, God can deal with people directly. Outside of authority. But most of the time, he works through. He works through the things that he's established. That makes sense. Colossians 1 says this. For, him, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Now, verse 17 is the key. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. Again, there's this idea of God is there working out His purposes throughout the world. Not only here in America, not only here in California, but He's working these things and He's holding things together throughout the world. And His ultimate goal is the pursuit of His purposes. And I don't know how that always works when it seems like the authorities in place aren't moving it towards His purposes, but He uses it to bring people back to Himself. So as He's a ruler of all, He's also personally wanting to lead us as He works through the authorities in place. There's a graphic I want to show that kind of describes this. And you'll see that on the screen. Uh, this it kind of shows how God' authority covers the different arenas. And here are four of the, I guess, the bigger structures of authority that we find in life. All of us. Uh, there's family. You can see there's a, the structure of the, the father, the mother, the children. There's government, uh, national leaders, local authorities, citizens. There's church. There's the church leaders, Pastors, and then there's the members. Then there's business. There's the employer and the employee. So this idea is God works directly to us as well. He, he speaks to us directly through His Word. That's why things like the Bible workshop are so helpful because we need to know how to hear from God Himself. And so He speaks to us and He leads us directly. But He also leads us through delegated authority in these different arenas. When you're a kid, there's a part of you that wishes, God, will you just lead me directly? That way I don't have to listen to my parents. Right? And then you get a parent. You know, you become a parent. Again, it's that view that you have when you're a kid, you're like authority. And then when you're a parent, you're like, why don't they obey authority? Right? But there's this part in which God deals directly and then he deals through delegated authority. This is how he's wired the world. He's wired things to work. And so right here you see We have to choose, okay, am I going to follow God and follow the authorities that he's put in place in my life? Or am I going to resist? And what you find is, as you see that kind of top down, there's actually a relational chain that exists. It's not just the chart. This is real life that's woven in relationships. That's really woven into obeying or disobeying the good life. It brings blessing from doing it God's way or, or really a hard life from rebelling. And so we have to choose, okay, what do we do to the people that are over me? And what do we do to the people that are under me? And that's what we're going to be talking about next week is you're a leader. What does that mean? And in the following week, you're a follower. What does that mean? It's very crucial because this exists Because God's established it. And it's linked to these relationships that God's put in place. And the question is, is will I trust Him and follow my leader? Will I trust Him and lead these people? And that's where this idea of He's the ruler is so important. We can trust Him because He's over it all. He's in control. Now, it doesn't mean that we follow blindly. It doesn't mean that we don't think intelligently. It definitely doesn't mean we follow authority when they're actually going against God and His ways. And we need to fight for what's right. And we need to vote and get authority in place that actually are making choices that please God. But ultimately, even in that, Many times it's not an issue of us disagreeing necessarily that we can't follow that person. A lot of times it's it's this idea of we just don't want to be led or we don't want to lead. There's just this thing in all of us where it's just a battle because it's hard. And it's hard to trust God with the outcomes that we don't know. And it's really this idea of control. And that's why knowing God's in control can help us relinquish control. And that's how life works. We can ungrasp the things that we're holding on to because we know that, that God's got them in His hands. He can take care of them. I want to describe uh, a story uh, from the Old Testament that, that I've shared before. Uh, it's a little bit different angle and it's a case study from uh, the Old Testament, 1 uh, Samuel 24, and it's again about King David who I read a passage from earlier who wanted to build the temple. Uh, before he was king, Uh, He had this definitely love-hate relationship with the current king of Israel, King Saul. And there was a time in David's life where he was fleeing for his life. King Saul had him and 3,000 men trying to pursue David to take him out. He was a threat to the kingdom. So the king, he's, he's the authority over all of Israel. And David is fleeing for his life. And there's this story that you find in 1 Samuel 24 of this account that happened where David was in a position where he had to make a choice. Was he going to submit to the authority that God had established or, or is he going to go around it? And to set up the story, uh, David is, is fleeing and he's in hiding. And again, he values his life and him and kind of a, a band of men are, are hiding together. And he's hiding in a cave, so he's unseen. And the King Saul and his army are going through this, this valley. And in this valley, they're hiding out, hoping not to be seen. Well, King Saul has to go relieve himself, and he goes uses a, a rest room, rest cave, because it was in a cave. And in that cave, David is hiding. Out of all the places that King Saul could go, he chose the very place David was hiding. And of all the things that could happen... The guy that Saul wanted to kill was right there with him and he, and he didn't know it. And in this moment, David had an opportunity. Could I take him out and become the leader, an authority, and the king, or am I going to trust God? And what you find is, is, is very interesting. So uh, I'm kind of giving you a little bit of the background and I'm going to show you kind of what happened. So he decides... A few things, and I I want to share those with you. In in verse 6, David acknowledged Saul's authority has been given by God. It's back to this. It's back to this idea. If he's the ruler of all things, and if he's in control, then can I go against King Saul? It's crazy to think, how how could this happen? He's trying to pursue you, to take you out. David saw it. It's not my place to do this. And in verse 6, he says this, He said to his men, because the men at the time were chomping at the bit like, take him out. Take him out. Take him out. It's your chance. Take him out. And he says this to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord. My Lord, he's talking about to my leader, to Saul. The Lord's anointed. The Lord's chosen. The leader that God has put in place to put out my hand against him seeing he is the Lord's anointed. How can I put my hand against him? How can I rebel against him? The Lord has chosen him as the leader, not me. He's the leader. And then he goes on further. David also set an example of how to follow well. So he has this group of men that are on the run. And in the moment that they see he has an opportunity to take out his leader, He chooses to trust God. What's very interesting is David was a leader. He wasn't the king, but he was a leader. He was a leader of these men that were on the run. David knew, you know, if I go against what God has established as a leader and I decide to take things into my own hands and do it my own way, what are these men going to do as I lead them? Again, it's back to that chart we showed earlier. There's this structure that God uses with authority in place. And he thought, you know, I need to set the right example. And in verse 7, he says this So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. David set this example. We cannot try to take out the authority that God has established. Now this is extreme. This is kind of like taking out like life and death. But in life, at the workplace, in home life, in church life, in business, every arena that we're in, it's, it's true. It's similar. Like, What choices am I going to make that are either going to support the authorities that exist or go against it? And here David ties it to one I need to set an example. As a dad, as I show my kids that I follow my boss, I'm showing them how they need to follow their boss. And right now in their life, that's me. And if I'm rebelling against my boss, what example am I sharing with them? That's what you do. That's how you get what you want. That's how you take control. And if you do the same in the workplace, if the person over you frustrates you and you complain and you decide you're going to do your own things in your own way, and you've got followers that, are, that you're leading, they're, they're going to see that's the way you get what you want. That's the way you get ahead. And so you set these traps without realizing. That's how authority works. As you go against God's way, you're, you're setting traps for yourself that you fall in and immobilize you. And David realized this. And then the third thing, which this is, I think, the part that kind of encompasses all that I've been saying so far. It's this. David trusted God to do what is right even when the authority over him was wrong. Who did David trust? He trusted God. How can he trust God? Because he's ruler of all. And he says this in verse 12. May the Lord judge between me and you. So he's talking So he he reveals to to Saul to let Saul know, hey, I had a chance to come against you, to take you out. But I didn't. This is what he says. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you. But my hand shall not be against you. I will not try to do things my own way. Despite how hard it is, despite how frustrating In this instance, despite the fact I'm fleeing from my life. But for me and you, the same is true. Will I allow God, in His timing, to make whatever situation work out for good? I don't know about you, but God's timeline and my timeline are very different. I want immediate solving of problems, I want bad bosses to not exist. I want bad followers to not be on my team. It doesn't work like that. We're all mixed bags. Very rarely do we want to be led. And many times we don't have good intentions when we lead. That's, we, we're all in this together. We all experience this. But there's this idea of trusting God allows us to actually adopt His view of authority. Because we'll trust that He's going to make it right. Right. Even if it's hard in my current work situation. Even if it's hard as I'm trying to lead this group of people that just are hard to lead. I trust you, God, that that you'll make it right. That you'll work through this. That you'll build in me the character that I need to be the person that I need to be. And that's how this works. It's trusting God and following the people. Trusting God and leading the people. Whether we're in authority or we're under it, we can adopt God's view because He's in control and He's ruler of all. There's this pattern in Scripture where we all have to kind of come to this point where we decide okay, if that's true, that seems a very hard pill to swallow. because my boss is really hard or my team is really hard to lead or my experiences have been difficult. I've never really had a good boss. I've never been in a position where it feels like authorities really tried to care or love me or lead me in a way that helps me. We all have that experience. It's good and bad. There's this point when you dig into Scripture where you have to decide, am I going to take God seriously enough to actually trust Him? and to do what He says. And authority especially, there's this thing in us where we have to decide, am I going to try to do it my own way, my own timing, with my own resources, when I'm in control and I can see how things need to happen? Or am I going to trust God to bring about the things, not just that I want, but that I actually need in my life? I want to close with that. Uh, kind of a set of questions that help as you, you process this. And we're going to be spending a little bit more time talking about this the next few weeks. But here's the deal with authority. And really, like most things that God has commanded us to do. The first question is, how will this action affect my relationship with God? So my attitude... What I choose to do. How will that affect my relationship with God? The second question, what is the best way to accomplish God's purpose? So in all that's going on here, with this group of people you're trying to lead or this boss you're trying to follow, how how can I accomplish God's purpose here? What's the best way? And then the third, how will my decision and my attitude impact the people I'm leading Or how will it impact the person who's leading me? Those three questions are very helpful to think through. How will it affect my relationship with God? What's the best way to accomplish His purposes, His view of things, His ways? And then how will this impact my leader or my followers? As you ask those, that actually can help you decide the best course of action maybe mean I might bite my tongue when I really want to unleash on somebody or when I'm experiencing this bitterness because they just are doing something that's so inconsiderate what is God trying to do right now in this circumstance that's a good question there's a promise in scripture as, as we do trust God and we decide okay God I don't know how this is going to work But I'm going to lead because you put me in this position. God, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm going to follow this leader that you put in this position. There's this, this truth in Scripture that you see that as you actually take God at His word and do what He says and trust that that will work out in the way that He said it will. That's trusting God. You get this Promise again and again in Scripture. The promise, there's many promises, but here's one of them, Deuteronomy 5. It says, Oh, that they had such a mind as this always. This mind to actually, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do what you say in your way. I may not understand, but I really want to follow you. I want to obey. He says, Oh, that they had such a mind as this always to fear me and keep all my commandments who that will always want to keep His commandments and to do what God says. And He says that it might go well with them and their descendants forever. This is true in all the arenas of life and it's true in authority. Will I do what God says even if it's not what I want? And as we do, as we keep His commands, there's this picture of it doesn't just impact me and my future. It impacts the future. My family. It impacts the people around me. There's this picture, of there's this ripple effect that happens as we trust God. And so as we're talking about authority, I hope you can see it's so much bigger than just that. It's not just authority, it's really... Do I trust God to work through the structures that He's established? And it's a battle for all of us, depending on the circumstances we find ourselves. But I want to encourage you this area of authority is one of those things where you can see God come through. If you decide, okay, God, I'm going to have this attitude and choose to obey and choose to lead well, because you've told me to, you'll be able to start seeing God is real. What he says is true and it can impact your life. And so I encourage you to do that. I'm going to wrap up with some next steps. I want to invite the band to come up and uh, get ready to lead us in another song. And we're going to be receiving our offering. Uh, The next two weeks, uh, Jeep Underwood is going to be speaking and looking forward to to hearing from him. I just wanted to thank Jeep for doing that. And uh, throughout... The summer, I've been able to take a little bit of break from sp- speaking and uh, Neil Walker has spoken and Ben Montgomery. I uh, really appreciate and Jeep really appreciate these guys who have spoken. And when I've been here, it's been great to sit out there and be like, wow, this is what it's like to listen to a sermon. This is awesome. So I really appreciate these guys. But Jeep's going to be sharing about the idea of authority and leading and authority and, and following. So look forward to hearing uh, from him. But as I wrap up, uh, just there's a few uh, next steps that I encourage you to take. And we do this every week. And it's a way of just saying, okay, based on what you've heard, based on the things that are going on in your head, is there something that you can do differently this week? Is there something that you could think differently this week? Is there something that you could feel? Is there just something in your heart that, you know, okay, I I really need to think this this thought. I need to do something. And so we we try to encourage you to do that and uh, the first thing is maybe you want to memorize the scripture for me anytime I'm talking about trusting God especially in the area of authority it's helpful to know God's truth because in the moment that I think okay wait a second what am I supposed to think and God what have you said and I don't know in this moment because I'm kind of frustrated you can quote scriptures and the scriptures align us to again God's ways and as we know God's ways we, we can trust in them and so if you never memorized Colossians 1 16 through 17 you can do that this week uh, each day take a hack at kind of a chunk of the verse and then you put it all together and so I encourage you to do that second is um, ask God for help to adopt his view of authority so you took a little bit of time to kind of think through what's my view what's my reactions what are things I think through and then based on what we've talked about today and what we're going to be talking about the next two weeks maybe you need just to adopt more of his view and so that might be the next step and then last attend the rest of the series now I also put an invite a friend. That sounds like, okay, they needed a third step and they put that one on there. But the truth is, if you, can't, if you don't come back, you can't learn more. You could listen online. So that point kind of refuted itself. But it's still important to come back. So I encourage you guys to do that. I'm going to pray and then we're going to uh, sing back to God. God, thank you for the fact that you are the ruler of, and you're in control. And the fact that you're in control means I don't have to stop thinking. And I don't have to to stop being who you've made me to be. But it does mean that I don't need to try to just bring about my own goals and purposes and my own timing. And I know that's a battle for me and I know it's a battle for all of us. We We have a view of how things should go. And with authority especially... It's so difficult when it doesn't go our way. So God, help us in the things that that just aren't going our way currently in our work, in family life, uh, in church life, even in, in government. If there's just some things that we're frustrated with, help us to see that this is an opportunity to trust You, to allow You to come through. So God, help us just with our faith as it's weak and as we battle. To remember that, that you, God, are in control. You're ruler of all. You've created all things and nothing slips through your care. And So we thank you for that in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen.